Hi, and welcome to Lumen Fide, your podcast to help you discover new ideas and perspectives about the life of a Catholic. I am Malena, and I have with me... Carolyn. And Mark. And yes, we are continuing with our second episode of season two. So exciting that we are here today. Uh, we are just three regular Catholics trying to live a better life every day with the guidance of God. We are hoping to share with you different discussions of topics related to our faith or that are challenging for us as Catholics to understand. How might we be able to live a better life with Catholic fundamentals? We are hoping also to share a positive side of Catholicism and hoping that whoever is listening, you can learn that as Catholics, we also have different perspectives on how to live a Christian life within this contemporary world on um, how much we continue to learn every day to live a better life as a Catholic. Thank you to the Creation Nation Makerspace of BNRC Brandon Neighborhood Renewal Corporation for lending us their facilities to record this podcast. And remember to send us an email to patronaluminfidet.com. And welcome to episode two. Hello everyone, welcome back to our Lumen Fide podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you on the case for Jesus. Uh, I'm glad to be introducing this episode uh, today because this is a very, uh, just amazing uh, Bible study series, uh, historical look at the evidence for Christ, and it's with one of my favorite scripture scholars, Dr. Brant Petrie. We're kind of his little mini fan club here. <laughs> if he's listening, yeah. <laughs> we, we'd love to have your comments, Dr. Petrie. Um, I think this was a, a session or a Bible series that really captivated all of us, so I'm really glad that we're reviewing it finally. We're just going to look at the first couple uh, sessions. So there's both the the online Lexio version that you can you can watch Dr. Petrie's lectures. There's also the book that would accompany it. It goes into some of the topics in a bit more depth. So we're just going to look at the first few bits of the Lexio study series, um, looking at whether the Gospels were anonymous and how to kind of take in the evidence of the lost Gospels. This is a really essential series. I think all Catholics should tackle because it it goes back to kind of the fun fundamentals, the foundations of our faith. Who is Jesus? Did he claim to be God? Um, looking at the evidence for Christ within a historical perspective, within that lens. And I think it gets down to, why do you believe what you do about Christ? And what is it exactly that, like, who is this person you're believing in? So, yeah, let's start up the discussion. Mark Molina talking about this Lexio series, The Case for Jesus. Uh, Mark, Maybe let's start with with you. What are what were your first impressions of of the the start of the Bible series? It was interesting because when I first read it, I I thought, well, when he talked about the Gospels being written anonymously, and like there was a, like there's a question about them, and in my head I'm going, well, that's a dumb question. Like everybody knows, but then I started thinking, okay, well, maybe not everybody does know, and it made me really think. And and, and in kind of in concert with uh, again one of my friends on Facebook was uh, making some comments about matters religious. And I just, I didn't um, challenge her, but I just, I questioned the, pre the precept of it. And then it made me really think of this particular study is that that's the biggest thing I took away from it is the, the analytical uh, approach that Dr. Petrie takes and, and that most uh, biblical scholars take when they look at this stuff. They don't blindly accept it like I was doing. 
I say, okay, I've been given reason. I'm going to use that reason to, to validate, either validate or invalidate my assumptions about this material. And that, I think, is one of the most powerful things. Is I was just, and I, and I, I think we've talked before about, you know, you, when you're a youngster, you behave as, you act as a youngster. Well, in a lot of ways, my faith has been that of a youngster. And the more I spend time talking with my friends here and, and, and on this podcast is the more I realize just how naive my perspective is and how much learning I need to do. And I think it's one of the greatest things, the, the, the ability to learn from this material and the ability, the, the, the patterns of intellectual rigor that they use. And that's, that really appeals to me, is to, mm-hmm. to apply that to my own understanding of the world. Definitely. Melina, your first thoughts? Well, for me, I actually find a lot of relations, but in a different way, with a book that was written maybe 20 years ago, The Case for Christ. Um, but it was done by a lawyer coming to a Christian perspective, right? And as a lawyer trying to back up. The case, a case for Christ. So it actually reminded me of that book because that book for me was a, it was super special in so many different ways. Uh, one of my former students that is a very good friend of mine, the first generation I ever taught in post-secondary college, um, Jaden, he actually, uh, if you're listening, thank you, Jaden. Uh, but he, he gave me that book uh, to, because he noticed that I was uh, struggling a lot of really, um, is it really all of this that I have been learning when I was growing up? Is this true? So that gave me uh, maybe the first step for me. So when when Dr. Petrie came out with this book, I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, but it's in a Catholic perspective. So it's taken in a very different perspective as well, but it's adding to whatever I learned then. And I, I, I really enjoy it because I, I believe right now the future generations, our centennials, one of the main questions, uh, yes, I think they should read it because that one of the main questions that they're gonna find is like, yeah, but those those gospels, they they're not real, right? Nobody wrote them, you know, where they were anonymous. They're gonna encounter these arguments that he's tackling so that they f- can feel secure about believing or having that faith. I'm not saying that. You know, some of us, we were gifted with the gift of faith from our parents. Other people had to learn it by themselves, had to discover, had to hear the call in other ways. So in some ways, we're lucky that we were raised in our faith. But at the same time, how can you educate better to those individuals that they're doubting on a faith as well, Mm -hmm. uh, on how we can feel more strong Mm -hmm. of why we believe what we believe because it it makes a difference it makes a a difference who jesus is that's going to change you know that's the foundation of our faith and the what kind of directs our entire spiritual life it is jesus god we need to know that we need to know whether or not we're reading fact or fiction or Mm -hmm. legend these are important questions that everyone needs to ask of themselves and like you said melena they're things that sometimes we often just take for granted, or maybe we haven't considered, as you mentioned, Mark, maybe we haven't considered any other perspectives to, uh, to know that, you know, our, our post-Christian culture, some people don't even know who, who Jesus is. All they have is this misrepresentation of him. I mean, that's something we obviously need to be educating our culture on, but I mean, I think that starts with ourselves, too, understanding 
who Jesus is so that we can take that next step of, okay, if he is God, if he is who, you know, what the gospels say about him, this is how I need to direct my life. Yeah, we need to take a critical look at this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where the critical look, the critical thinking is what separates us from um, fanatics, people who just believe because they want to believe. There's no foundation to that. And when they're presented with a challenge, because there's no foundation, they break away. Well, it's not like they break away. Maybe they're afraid. They're afraid that their values are being confronted. And, and, that and they fear, can't back it up. Exactly. Yeah. And that fear is when they get latched into that belief and that core belief. And good for them, you know, like if that's it. But they don't have the fundamentals or really on saying, how can I defend the thoughts? And I'm getting... I'm feeling like I'm back up in a corner and I'm just, and that's how you get those aggressive people that they come out and they're so extreme also about their perspectives, as yep. you mentioned, Mark, right? Is that fear? And, and maybe this book can help provide some answers mm-hmm. to not make you feel afraid of your own just beliefs. Having confidence without, right? maybe without that unnecessary, yeah, fear driving, you know, how we present the truth because. I mean, Dr. Petrie does such an amazing job of laying out the facts yeah. and whether or not you accept it. I mean, that's that's up to you. Yeah. But he presents it in a way that is not only appealing, but totally truthful. So maybe talking about some, some of the facts that he mentioned. So one of the things that I really appreciated about him is, first of all, if you're going to look at the, at the history of these Gospels, right? Because they're saying, well, how do you know that they were the ones that wrote these? <laughs> right, that's a very common question. That if you're a Catholic listening, I have gotten that question so many times, and I never felt capable of, of really answering because, as Mark said, we we were gifted because we believe. <laughs> but what is a true a true answer for somebody that cannot that doesn't speak the lingo that I speak, <laughs> well, and that doesn't accept the, the 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 statement? Yeah. That they're written by Mark or Matthew or, or yeah. Okay, well, why do you know that? So let's let's maybe take it down into pieces for our audience. You know, if that's that's somebody that comes to you, you know, one of the thing, things that Doctor <coughs> Petrie started to to discern oh, is is the <laughs> sorry, I like that word. <laughs> we we actually start thinking about, and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, no. He's asking you about to, to really think about who are, first of all, let's look at back in history, in history of our church, and who are the people that wrote about this, about them, about the disciples, about the apostles? What are the historians saying? And, and real understanding the people that wrote about them, what year of that was then? It was in the year 70 after that, or 80 after that, or 100 after that. So you can understand where the connections and why us as Catholics, we automatically think, yes, they were greeted by these four guys. We accept it automatically, but why? There's these different historians at the time, fathers of the church, and uh, that they actually growed in the different writings. Uh, we have a very... Mentions a couple of them, uh, 
Josephus and the like. Thank you. Yep. I was trying to bring my notes here. <laughs> and he know. doesn't mention just church fathers. He also mentions people Pe outside of mm -hmm. the Christian community. Pagans, right? The yep. people that they're actually trying to fight and, at and, the and, time. And, 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 and at the time. With, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like distrust. Distrust. So one of the cool things that I noticed is, is, is one of them, I think I have it here in one of, uh, there was an atheist person at the time too trying to dispute the Gospels, but he was not disputing that they grow, they grow the Gospels, Matthew, yes. Mark, Luke, and John. He was disputing that they just invented it. They're, they're, it was just a dream. But he never in his writings, and that's just a fact for you to understand, he, he did believe that they grow them. He might have not believed the content of it, but he believed that these guys grow the Gospels. Yes, he didn't right? question the veracity of the authors. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. It was just to represent, well, there's a statement provided by this anti-Catholic individual at the time of a 80 or 100 after yes. death, something around there. Yeah. I'm trying to find the name. So I really know. like the, the part where Dr. Petrie points out um, the chronology of when the Gospels were written. And that's, that just fascinated me. It's going... I think he said the the, the the temple fell in the early 70s, 70, 72, something like that. 76. 76, thank you. And they don't mention that in the Gospels, which would suggest that they were written before that, which means, okay, so if Jesus died in 3033, that's only 30 or 33 years later, um, well within the lifetime of, of the actual apostles that who were actual eyewitnesses, so that um, it wasn't like it was like hundreds of years later. Like a lot of people are saying, well, these were, these were anonymous for hundreds of years, and then after the Diet of Worms, they decided to write them down. Well, no, they were written down co contemporaneously with the, with the lifespan of those apostles. Mm -hmm. Now, we also forget that not everybody was literate there. You know, we, we, we look back thinking, okay, well, everybody could have written it down. Like, why didn't they just pull up their iPhones and take notes? Well, we didn't, they weren't literate. They didn't have the ability to, especially Peter was a, Peter and most of them were fishermen that they maybe were able to, they were numerate, they could probably count and, and do accounting, but they couldn't write. Um, they certainly probably, they, they may be able to read, but they certainly couldn't write. So it would take somebody like Matthew who had the skills being that he was a, a tax collector and presumably was educated in talking with the Romans, which would, ne would have necessitated, I guess, Greek and Latin and probably Aramaic, I think is what he probably spoke natively. Um, so we, we, we I think, and, and that's, I think one of the powers of this book is that he forces us to think back, okay, 2,000 years ago, what was, what was the intellectual capability, not the intellectual capability, the, the writing capability, because uh, they were certainly intellectually capable people, it's just that they, they focused it different. One of the things that really gets me is we tend to project back then that, like, now we don't remember stuff. We don't remember, even school, in school, do they even teach kids to remember poetry and stuff? Back then, they could remember the entire yeah. uh, scrolls of books because, or, because that was the only mechanism they had. They couldn't afford the material to have in their house and read it whenever. Is This would have been, I'm holding up a book, it would have been hundreds of dollars or, or, or many hours of wages. They wouldn't have had the, the, the money to buy it, and they couldn't have made use of it. That's where that historical lens yes. makes all the difference. Yeah, is mm -hmm. that 2021 is very different from 21. Mm -hmm. 
2,000 years makes a huge difference. And I believe that's something that all of us as a society is that empathy, is trying to understand the historical connotations in the last episode of our podcast, our first one, was our uh, mission, you know, in the 1700s. So understanding how they live at the time when colonization happened. So you can make different judgments right now, learn from that, maybe not so much judge the past because it already happened. It's more than anything, what can you learn now so you can change it, so you can make a better solution for sure, right? And I, and I believe now with all the different media and information, Petrie, Dr. Petrie does communicate very well, right, a key points for you to really have on top of your mind and feel confident. Not that you're going out there every day defending your faith. <laughs> no, but if in case, you know, for you to feel more secure about if there is one case, why do you believe in Jesus? If somebody asks you that you feel comfortable enough to say, these are the reasons why. If I ask you guys, why do you believe in Jesus? Because <laughs> we watched Dr. Petrie's license. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think C.S. Lewis's liar, lunatic, or Lord yeah. is, is, a, is a very apt sort of parameter to set on that, is if the man only was somebody who pre pretended to be God, well, he's one of those three. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or he is the Lord. And you have to make your choice. Okay, based on either what we were handed down as kids or as we get older, based on what goes on in our heads, we have to decide which of those three he is. And the culture is pushing us towards either lunatic or liar. But we know, based on our own intellectual assessment, is that he is the Lord. Now, how do we promulgate that? How do we support that? How do we live that? That's a different question. Mm -hmm. I think even presenting that question to most people in our society is probably something that most people have never, have never thought of. No. Perhaps even within our own parishes, we can remain on the fence in kind of that gray area where we haven't decided or maybe not wholeheartedly decided that Jesus is Lord. And so, yeah, for some things, you know, I'm Catholic, but I'm going to pick and choose for other teachings that I'm not going to follow what the church says. And that's where it, it comes down to, well, no, it, it's one of those options. And I mean, our present culture, as Dr. Petrie presented, uh, it offers that legend kind of uh, perspective that he debunks. But... It, it doesn't make a difference. You have to pick one of those options and then to be logically consistent, you, I mean, you need to go from there, right? And perhaps this is a study that, you know, we need to start with at our own parishes making everybody watch because even there's a lot of evangelization work to be done in the parishes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the other thing is that I, I, I have to put myself into the media as well. You know, it's from a reliable source. Mm -hmm. It's from somebody that has to study. He has a PhD on the New Testament writings. You know, he had to learn how many languages to be able to be a PhD student for that. So this guy is an expert on the field. Yes, maybe he might be Catholic, but he he is an expert on the field. He's not somebody like us right now, maybe, that we're creating a podcast, that we're not experts on the field, and we're just telling you our point of view, right? There's so many different avenues that people can get information and it's so easy to find things that they're not real mm -hmm. or the message might be tainted and it breaks oh, us, right? It's deliberately focused to be towards a lunatic or liar. 
perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That is not helping the message that Dr. Peter wants to put across, right? And wasn't that, didn't he preface the whole study, at least in the, in the videos with, you know, that's where I was, when I was learning yeah. about scripture, Sigurd scripture, which has become his lifelong, you know, that's his career path. He was presented with these same questions and they're, you know, he was in the same spot as, mm -hmm. as we were in terms of like, well, how do I answer this? How do I debunk this or refute this this claim that yeah. the Gospels were anonymous or that, you know, we should be including these lost Gospels and, and you know, not others? Like, he was in the same spot we are, we yeah. were. And, I mean, look how far he's advanced in his career. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's something that we can hope to aspire to as Christians as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it, is, it is funny that you mention... Um, that learning, right? Uh, how it also by learning, you start changing your how you live. And, and and we were discussing just in between our breaks here, how also just having the blessing of doing this podcast with each other has provided us an avenue for us to reflect on our life, on how we live in these 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 teachings that we are fascinated by, that we're so enchanted by. But it's not just about that; it's about how it's pretty, it's inspirational, but how can we really make a transformation within ourselves? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think that's that's a key thing is that um, when when it's handed down to us from cradle, when we're, when we're cradle Catholics, it's easy just to go with the flow, and that's kind of a passive thing. But Jesus doesn't want us to be passive. He wants us to be engaged, to be active, and we have to, we have to choose this role, and that's why the the intellectual rigor with which Dr. Petrie applies towards this, I think is, is compels us to, to, to do our version of that rigor, is to say, okay, why do I believe this? I think there was a Will Ferrell movie when he, at one point, he's having a squabble with his family, and he, he, he brings up, I, I want to, I'm, I'm picturing the baby Jesus as sort of a good, safe place to be. And then somebody points out, well, you know that he was a man. He says, yes, but I want to picture the baby Jesus, because that was his concept of religion. And it's the uninformed perspective, yeah. is that there's the, the man's whole life, but also the whole teaching of the church prior to and post that man's life, that we ignore his message in its context, in its entirety, if we just want to have this little grocery cart version of religion. Is that there's, a, there's a whole thing to it. And I think you mentioned before, is we can't pick and choose, is if, if we're going to be Christians, we have to be Christians all the way through. And it's hard. And the, the more passive we become about that, the harder it becomes because it's easier to just, oh, I didn't do it yesterday. I'm not going to do it again today. And that you get pushed further and further into being a, maybe it's a bit harsh, but a lazy Christian. And I, I'm, I'm particularly saying Christian, not Catholic, because to me the words are the same, is that you can't be Catholic without being Christian, and you shouldn't be Christian without, okay, maybe I'll be careful here, is to be truly Christian, you have to adhere to the church that he started. So you should be Catholic. I get lots of hate mail now. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it's the idea is that it's we have to make choices. And we can choose liar, lunatic, or Lord. And if he created a church, well, then let's follow the precepts of that church. And how do we know those precepts are true? It's be not because my neighbor down the street said, you know what? <laughs> I don't like that parish priest. I'm going to start my own religion. I'm going to... A buddy of mine left the church over all this church scandal stuff. 
it's you have to make the choice of saying, okay, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There is fundamental things here. We're not looking at the men in the church. We're looking at God in the church. And that's what should be our guiding principle. Not, well, Bishop so-and-so or priest so-and-so did such a horrible thing. Well, yes, he did. But the priest next to him didn't. And the, the nun next to him didn't. Or the brother next to him didn't. Why should those men be punished? Or those, those people be punished when, and any one of us, well, anyway, Hall. No, but we, we come just to the basics there of how society stereotypes things, right? It's the same with cops, for example, that they're bad, all of them. And we know that they're not all of them are bad. It's the same as immigrants, they're bad hombres and, you know, uh, oh. you know uh, rapists and etc. And we understand that not all the immigrants have, are that way too. It's just in a... We, we need to, it's a habit. It's the habit of a stereotyping all the time and thinking for a moment, just giving the benefit of the doubt, giving that compassion that C.S. Lewis was talking about, right? That compassion that Jesus is talking about to give them, okay, you know, I don't know that person. I don't know why they're acting. They're probably in a different situation. And instead of, of really seeing it as a battle, think about Mother Teresa where see Jesus in that person. Yes. How would you act if that person was Jesus? It changes the whole context for sure. <laughs> and that's active. It's not just, yeah. oh, well, there's a bad guy. There's a, there's a whatever yeah. stereotype you want to picture. It's no, yeah. that person in front of you. And and as I say, you know, we as, uh, you know, as a Catholic I left and came back, you know, it's our choices. And hopefully that this podcast, you know, is picking up on things uh, or trying to resonate on those people also that they're being away or they're not sure anymore that maybe there's some hope and there may be, might be something that you want to learn further yeah. about your faith. And not to be afraid to take a critical look like Dr. Petrie does at yeah. at the evidence that uh, that's out there. The church is very happy to present, you know, thousands of years of testimony and everyone is welcome to critique it, take a historical look at it. And what you do with it, I mean, that's really up to you. But uh, Dr. Petrie does an amazing job, I think, of looking at that early evidence and saying, okay, let's take a rational look at this. Let's not be afraid of doing that, of challenging our faith, because God is all about in truth. incorporating our reason into understanding the truth. And, you know, we'll, we'll have different steps of, of understanding the faith and hopefully spiritual development, just like we do in school. We go through the different grades, that's right. Yep. But that's where it has to be an ongoing process of faith formation and learning because we're never going to know, oh, well, I, you know, I have grade two, first Holy Communion level of catechism, and, th and that's, that's good enough, right? That's not going to be good enough when we get to the pearly gates. No, no. All right, well, we'll wrap up today's episode. Thank you for joining us for our review of the case for Jesus. Um, again, we welcome all of your comments to patron at lumenfide.com and have a very blessed week. God Thank bless you. everybody. God bless everyone.